smell of napalm in the morning. Did you first blow? I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film. Good morning, campers. Welcome to a special edition of Napalm in the Morning. Uh, <laughs> what the hell are we listening to? We are listening to Janet Green. The song is Commie Lies, 1966. She is kind of the conservative counterweight to Joan Baez, I guess. Um it's an interesting one, and our guest today uh, perhaps has that in his collection. Uh, we are we were speaking with Dr. Justin Bremer, and he is the founder and I guess host of Vietnam War songs. Justin, thank you. Welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. And um, yes, I do have the Janet Green, including several others. She released a whole bunch of. <laughs> Very patriotic, as they called it, uh, anti-communist uh, records, and um, I have yeah, there's a few others like her. But I've got all those. <laughs> this is, uh, I mean, I, I was going to ask this later, but since we brought it up now, like, does it suck any of the joy out of the music? That as a you know, as a scholar, you're like, well, I've got to like, I've got to listen to everything. So I mean, sometimes in the film, we're watching the Vietnam War films, like. We watch some really bad ones too. It's really good. Does the oh. music you have to like really slog through? Yeah, there's, so- a, there's a lot of bad. Yeah, there's a lot of bad music, uh, <laughs> but you have to listen to them all. Some of them, it's the singing is so atrocious. Clearly, they just like booked. They're not musicians. They just booked ah, their yeah, studio, yeah, yeah. recorded it themselves. It's so bad, but you got to. It's hard to understand the lyrics sometimes. But it's, it's yeah. <laughs> but you've got to. You got to listen to all of them. But then you have your occasional, uh, you know. Merle Haggard, Okie from Muskogee, uh, that's like uh, that's like a really good song, but like like it's you know it sounds great. It's like it got a kind of a weird message, but like uh, yeah, that's a catchy. yeah. I mean, I love that one of my favorite Vietnam War songs. Uh, <laughs> the the theme of it is ridiculous, but then I read some in his book. He said yeah. he wrote it as a as a joke, um, but then it became it took off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said he was like, like driving through the town. They were like smoking weed. They were just joking around about. Imagine <laughs> if they got caught in mistaking smoking. And next thing you need, you write this very conservative song. I do like the plot of it is like animal. If it was crowded, like, you know, he talks about, you know, the kids here still respect the college dean, you know, where I'm from. Like, like, <laughs> like the, it's this animal house version of like that the somehow like the dean is out like. You kids, you better, you know, like yelling at them. Like it's a, it's a hilarious sort of. Aren't like, we going through that right now with like Jason Aldean, like uh, the exact <laughs> yeah. same discussion? Um, well, uh, Justin, before we get going, we got to do our quick segment we like to call. Just gonna have this in his collection. Yeah, of the, the Justin, if you want, original. if you want this in your collection, just let me know. That's Matt's daughter on vocals. On lead vocals, <laughs> my at that age six-year-old daughter. All right, uh, this is obscurity brewing orange pop cultured. We are dealing with some pop culture-related activities today, folks, with the music and whatnot. So I feel the beer goes well, and it's a local brew, and it tastes like orange soda. That is very orangey, yeah. It's got a sprayed myself in the eye. Um, (laughs) Um, Yeah, so there we go. Beer of the week. Yeah. um, No, uh, we're excited about this. Uh, We've got... uh, 
we're kind of armchair uh, music scholars, maybe Matt a little more more than I. And, yeah, I've uh, been threatening to turn this into a music podcast for a long time, and we finally have done it, uh, <laughs> thanks to Justin. So, Justin, tell yeah. us a little bit, like, give our uh, listeners a bit of your background, um, I guess, personal background, and then kind of how you got going into this project. Yeah, I have a PhD in history from University College London. Um, in Anglo-American relations during the Richard Nixon Edward Heath period, uh, looking at the impact of Britain negotiating to join the EU on that relationship. Of course, that does cover a little bit of Vietnam. Um, and uh, originally, I'm from DC, um, but I grew up in London, and I've been in Austin, Texas since 2017. Um, the Vietnam War Song project I started in um, 2007, while doing my PhD research. Um, I was, well, I've studied Vietnam all the way through my uh, academic career, like as a BA up to PhD. Um, mainly political military, but I was always interested in the cultural side, particularly Vietnam War films. But uh, it was while, I love music, as well as doing my PhD, I started to sort of look at the music side, just as a personal interest. And I saw, found all these rare records in, online on eBay, um, came across some in record shops, and I realized no one had really put all these together. But it's just books and articles out there, but it's mainly, it's quite mainstream, looking at the Mel Haggard's popular songs. Or CCR, the, uh, the obvious ones. Yeah, yeah. All the obvious ones. So really, I just um, started making a list, and 2007, of course, put it online on the website. It was literally just a list of songs. And from there, I kind of expanded it by looking at the lyrics um, and doing a bit more analysis and then grouping them into different themes, the obvious ones, anti-war, patriotic, but then finding songs that sort of fitted in between and then looking at different things like genres and just pulling out all the different themes to do with events like maybe Kent State or Me Lai Massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, and then started actually collecting all the records so at the moment, there's sort of different components to the project. One is uh, the physical archive, so collecting all these records to kind of preserve them. Um, well, catalogs. There's also then the cataloging. We've got um, 6,000 plus songs that reference Vietnam or Vietnam-related topics, both during the war and in the post-war period. Um, so that discography is literally just a list, and that's up on the University of Maryland uh, website. Um, as a collaboration with some other historians. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, my website, which uh, goes into the full analysis of the lyrics. And that website, there's different components to that. So there's the main list, which just goes in chronological order. And then the songs are put into, there's different lists for all the different themes. So you've got anti-war songs, patriotic, anti-protest songs. You've got songs in between, which is sort of looking at the perspective of um, the combat soldier, or looking at those left behind at home, looking at all the different genres. So you've got blues, soul, uh, metal, punk, uh, those genres from Latin America and the Caribbean, um, North Vietnamese songs, of course, and then songs looking at specific events, like the Milan Massacre, as mentioned, mm-hmm. Penn State, songs by veterans, songs released during the war years by people in the military, literally every topic you can ever think of. So it's wow. uh, got all those different lists up on the website. How, um, I guess, specific or like strict are are you like to to catalog it? So there's something like uh, John Lennon, "Give Peace a Chance." It doesn't talk about Vietnam, but it's obviously of that era. You know. Yeah, it is actually on the discography because one of my collaborators added it, but I actually do not have that on my website. Okay, uh, but my criteria. For the war years, it, and when does the war start? I, I go, I just go from 64 to 72, so Gulf of Tonkin, and I'm not going by months or anything, I'm just saying anything listening from 64 up to 72 are called war years, and I'm taking a slightly broader criteria, so it could be just like patriotic sentiment, or about soldiers not necessarily specifically mentioning the war, mm-hmm. And the same for the post-war period, I kind of split into two periods from 73 to 75, and that is also a little bit more broader. But from 75 to present, it's got to be a bit, little bit more specific. It has to mention Vietnam or obvious things like napalm or Agent Orange or PTSD. Yeah. 
it's got to kind of be a bit more obvious that it is about Vietnam. And then, um, then there's the pre. Well, I, I saw the pre-war period, although it was the war was going, but it wasn't, um, you know, widely known or um, in full swing. So from there, I go from about sixty to sixty-three, and I am taking also again slightly more broader. So I've got like a lot of soldier boy type songs, or songs about the draft, which the people who wrote it may not have even known. What about like like anti-communism communism songs or something from the? 60s. Yeah, I'm thinking that uh, sort of uh, more to set the scene to as a context to compare, just to say, okay, these songs are going around. This is like the ideas, and then as Vietnam builds up in '64, it's like a good comparison. So on the website, that's how I've divided it. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, if you look at Vietnamese songs, <laughs> the situation changes. You got war songs in the '50s uh, against the French and the Americans. Yeah. So. Uh, but it's really U.S. songs um, that those time periods apply to U.S. songs. When we look at Vietnamese, it's the period increases. So what? So what is the earliest uh, song in your catalog there? Then, do you know? Um, okay, so the earliest song that specifically references Vietnam mm-hmm. uh, in a war context from the U.S. I've got is at least in 1962. It was recorded in December '61 by a group called the Four Cracks. It's called The Big Draft. And it's kind of like a novelty song. And they say they hope all the other bands get drafted to South Vietnam to try and boost their career in the US. So, like, <laughs> there's only band left. And it's kind of like quite intensive. Like, that would never be released, like, in the, later on in the war when, like, so many people have died in the war. But right. at this point, like, it's like a joke like then. Like, yeah. yeah, there's like, um, what, special people there training Vietnamese. It's, it's hardly even in the news. That, that is the first thing I've got so far. Something new could come up. Wow. Um, there's a few little records that sort of reference Saigon, but they're not war-related. Mm-hmm. Like Saigon Twist or something like that. Um, oh, so that would be the US songs. But of course, as I said, Vietnamese songs, I as I've been building up my collection of songs from Vietnam, yeah. I've discovered, yeah, there was stuff in the late yeah. 50s referencing the US. Right, or like uh, the... Anti-subversion as foreign policy, <laughs> you know, nineteen fifties songs that must exist uh, around. I, I think your 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 criteria. He's he's a little stricter than us sometimes in our film podcast. Justin, we like we like. Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator. He mentioned uh, that time in seventy two, so that must qualify as a Vietnam film. We can talk about Predator, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to take stuff like that in the post war period. I mean, if it, it, it is really like, yeah, hey, it's got to be Vietnam. It's sixties, seventies, then yeah, I'll take that. What is then? What's the most recent then? Uh, yeah, edition you have. Um, I mean, the songs re- released just this year, lots of them um, by bands I don't really know much about. There's uh, like heavy metal bands. Actually, no way, it's not heavy metal. It's symphonic metal, which is a genre I don't know that well. Mm-hmm. And they released a song by the Milo Masca. But mm-hmm. one that I really like, I wanted to highlight by uh, Hayes Carl. He's a country singer from here in Texas. And he released a song just a few years ago, three, three years ago, called um, Jesus and Elvis, about a bar um, here in Texas that is called Layla's Little Nugget. It's a dive bar, and it's Christmas-themed the entire year. And so he, he wrote this song saying that Layla uh, had her Christmas decorations up. Her son was sent to Vietnam, and she said, I'm going to keep them up until the, the sun comes back. But he never came back from the war. And... Um, that's bars been here since the seventies, hmm. and it's Christmas all year. So he wrote a song about that, and that's a that's a great, nice little song. Wow, who's yeah. the artist again? Uh, he's Carl. Okay, and he's country artist from from around here. Uh, but yeah, so I'm amazed. The songs are being released all the time, um, covering all sorts of topics. Uh, I mean, post-war songs. Typically, we look at um, impact on veterans and contemporary events like particular wars, um, doing comparisons to that. But um, sometimes they just be like what well, Hayes Carl's did. They just be more looking at the impact of the war mm-hmm. on people. The the, I guess a couple of questions. One is the, the I think I think it's interesting. You know, if you look at um, if you look outside the U.S. Um, 
I'm thinking of like Mark Bradley's like imagining Vietnam, imagining America, like the, 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 their field of study, how it differs from sort of only U S perspective. And so maybe say what, how does, how do the, um, in, in the UK sort of the Vietnam, it must have a, obviously a different approach and a, a, a broader, more cold, like what is the, how would the study of that conflict, how does it change? Do they spend more time on, um, you know, the, 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 the other, the other European and Australians that supported the U S like, like, uh, are there differences between when it's, when it's talked about and studied in UK, I guess, Vietnam in general, then um, the stuff you well, read. From the because they, they, they don't teach Vietnam in schools. Uh, right. that's, you have to go to university to study Vietnam. Um, in, in, in the UK, it's like in schools, how you focus on British history. Um, but yeah, I think um, in university studies, it's probably more of an international perspective in terms of songs. Um, I think I've around 500 plus songs released in Europe about the Vietnam War, um, both during the war years and post-war years. And of course, uh, as you can imagine, nearly all of those are anti-war songs. Um, there's no, there's no, there's songs. no British ballad of the Green Beret. Uh. <laughs> there's, there's a few random ones like really weird like there's this austrian artist i can't remember his name but he released like a really like pro-american like we've got to okay. stop the communists there are songs out there but okay <laughs> it's, in general they're pretty rare so yeah. and the countries that have the most songs are of course the uk because it's the music industry is quite similar to the us in terms of genres um and they're covering similar themes and they're like approaching the us market but actually in the uk there's um, uh, Italy, France, and Sweden all have re- loads and loads of songs, but they also they all have very left wing governments, so very anti um, American imperialism, and all the songs are focused on that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'll have to check out some of those on the playlist. Uh, yeah. Yes, and then um, if you look uh, on my site, I cover all the European songs. I've divided them by country. And also Australia, New Zealand, you brought up, of course, they fought in the war. Yeah. So those are particularly interesting songs. And so those songs, you will have a good number of patriotic pro-American songs um, about anti-communism, but supporting the um, that ally, supporting America. Um, and lots of songs by veterans, of course, which also have... Uh, a different perspective, and then you also have the anti-war movement, just like you have in the U.S. Um, is there an artist or artists in particular that um, I guess you would put down as like multiple entries in in the catalog here? Like somebody somebody that's written uh, extensively, many you know. Is there some kind of Vietnam yeah, War rock ask, like, opera do you, do that I've missed? Um, like, yeah. <laughs> There's quite a few. I mean, there's the obvious protest artists, Bill or Pete Seeger, have multiple, multiple entries um, from the period. Mo Haggard has like 10 songs. Um, I don't know if you've read them all. But, um, and then there's other, there's a few other country composers like Tom G. Hall. He's like a really well-known composer. He was also an artist. He released some LPs. Some LPs, they weren't that successful. But he wrote, one of these guys, he wrote like hundreds and hundreds of songs to other people. And he mm-hmm. wrote like 20 Vietnam songs for different artists, like Johnny writes um, Hello Vietnam, uh, which is like a really well-known song. I think it features in maybe four metal, no, um, yeah, maybe four metal track there. Um, that, he wrote that. That was like a, a big country here. Um, so he's written a bunch of songs. I did read River Day, but probably the most songs are written by veterans who are musicians. Ah, uh, yeah. Barry Sadler, mm-hmm. Ballad of the Green Grays. Mm-hmm. He released like three LPs. Um, Dick Jonas, he's a veteran who lives in Arizona. He's a pilot, did multiple tours in Vietnam. He performed in Vietnam. He recorded songs while he was a soldier. Like, he came back to the U.S. and recorded them, but he was still active, went back to to Vietnam. And I've just purchased, like, 20 CDs from him. He he must have, like, 300 songs uh, about Vietnam and other war topics. Um, it's amazing. And he, he goes around performing to veterans and he's really active. Um, and he recorded, um, so there's, there's a historian called Lydia, uh, Lydia Fish. She actually specializes in folk songs by Vietnam veterans. Um, and she's done loads of research in looking at 
where the history of the songs, how they're connected to other wars. She's written separate articles, and she actually put together a project in the 90s where she brought together artists who uh, recorded in Vietnam, and they were recorded on tape, those tapes at the Library of Congress, and she have subsequently written songs, and they recorded the whole album, re-recording some of those songs. Wow. So they, yeah, so they, they probably are the highest numbers. Do you think, um, I was, Matt and I were talking a little bit about this, but is there, where would you rank sort of Vietnam, Vietnam War sort of songs and its influence? Has there been another conflict that comes close in terms of producing, and I mean, it may be a bit of uh, America centrism that I'm only thinking about. I can't, can't, I can't think of another mm. conflict that, that has produced, and it might be the moment that, that the Vietnam War hit is when, and there's this great explosion of sort of popular music that is changing that we might not ever kind of see that way again. But I wonder, how would you rank it? Is it, is it clearly the front runner? Are there other ones we should be in terms of uh, uh, um, war, war and music? Yeah, I'd say it is the final one. There are lots of songs about World War II, of course. Um, Korea is a lot smaller, and actually the main person I collaborate with on this project, Hugo Keating, who has co-written the discography in the, at the University of Maryland, he actually released um, a compilation of Korean war songs. But it's way, it's, it's so, so much smaller than than Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And Vietnam, we're on 6,000 plus now. That, that does include cover songs, but yeah, it's that's a high number. Um, but then, um, yeah, other conflicts, if we're looking at US, um, we got a bunch of songs about the... We can't, there's a complete Iranian hostage crisis. There's, I've got 100 plus songs about that. Several of them actually mentioned Vietnam. They use that as a comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the first Gulf War, I have, we're getting close to 100 records now on that. Um, once again, there's probably about 20 of those referenced Vietnam. So there's some, right. not mm-hmm. be another Vietnam or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them actually include a clip of George Bush saying this would not be another Vietnam. <laughs> um, and then there's, there's a few songs about, you know, the more recent Iraq and Afghanistan war. And once there's a, some of those songs also mentioned Vietnam. Yeah. There's a continuation there. It seems to be like a reference point. Um, actually, in the 80s, a lot of the punk and metal songs referred right. yeah. protests against like Reagan interventions, but they, they use Vietnam as their reference point. Yeah. Or like Holiday in Cambodia or something like that. Like they're using like a, yeah. like, like a, yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah, I remember. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. During Iraq part two, you know, it was kind of like waiting around, like who's going to write the big anti-war yeah. Iraq anthem, and or, it's, or even nine eleven, like who, you know, yeah. like, there's not like, like God, that's a song that totally, yeah. And I remember Neil Young said he was waiting around for it, and then nobody did. So then he wrote an entire album <laughs> about the uh, second Iraq yeah, war. It's actually quite a fair number of songs. Though. I mean, there were a bunch of. Uh, compilations that released, and none of them really took off in terms of like as far as NHL's cells or right. um, mm-hmm. radio. That's not something I really look at in this project. I don't go deep uh, deep into like radio play or record cells or yeah, they, know, they, uh, they never even came. But. Yeah, they never even came close to kind of generational soundtrack the way that yeah. the Vietnam War um, songs did. Like, I mean, you can. It's so interesting. Like, you can you can put on you know fortunate son or whatever, like on whatever, you know, cliche movie, like that, like that it just is a stand in for all of these things. And mm-hmm. I don't, I can't think of many yeah. other songs that are like, and it conjures yeah. up that yeah, yeah, yeah. feeling that, that, that reference that, you know, um, no, no, yeah, I don't, I think not. And, um, if you want to see what was released out some, like the first Gulf War on my website, the Vietnam Muslim awesome project website, there's a link there to, it's called political, an index of political war songs. And on there, I have a list of first Gulf War songs. You can see them all. And they are very obscure. Like, they are, they're novelty records. Yeah. Like, no one's really heard of them. There's some artists people have heard of, like Hank Williams Jr., and that might have been successful, like, on country radio. I'm sure they would have played it on country radio down here in Texas. And are you ready them. for some war? <laughs> Hank Williams Jr. would have been... <laughs> he doesn't like the gravitas. Uh, he of mentions death. Vietnam as well. He mentions Vietnam in that song. <laughs> uh, or I'm thinking of other art, like there's a, you know, if you think of like, uh, 
Kenny Rogers is a good example. Like, um, you know, coming from sort of the sort of a, a '60s background, but then transitioning in his sort of uh, '30s and adulthood into kind of these uh, mournful, like you know, don't take your love to town kind of uh, you know lost my leg yeah. in this Asian war and uh, you know the 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 that evolution of um, of protesting the conflict to contemplating the you know the real world of uh, the vets mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Uh, is an interesting yeah and yeah you really see it infiltrate like uh, into not it's not just um, obscure protest artists or yeah, yeah. Um, obscure like pat Patriots or whatever, it's it's really it cuts across the board in the Vietnam in the 60s. It's all artists are covering it, um, mainstream artists, and it's it's in every genre as well. I mean, it's contemporary folk, it's rock music, soul. I mean, we've got like 400 plus soul songs, blues. Well, blues is always very political. They say that that was obvious. It's going to yeah, come right. into that. What are what are some? I'm, tr- um, I'm trying the, to. Th- what are some good soul examples? I'm trying to. Just rack my brain. So, I mean, one of my favorite songs is, is uh, Free to Pain, Bring the Boys Home. I love that song. That's really great. Um, but there's, of course, Edwin Starr's famous song, War. I guess, mm. was that funk? Yeah. Or soul funk? Yeah. Um, but there's, there's lots of stuff. Uh, Town, there's different, uh, all different types of song music. Um, all the big soul artists you can think of probably have some sort of song connected to it to Vietnam and the really mm-hmm. interesting ones actually bring in um well actually what I found was in the early 65, 66, they're quite patriotic and they're very much like I need to do my duty. Um if I get called I'm gonna go and fight with Uncle Sam. It's that type of thing. And then from around nineteen sixty seven you do see a change in soul music and it is not it, they start combining it with issues of civil rights and they say, I don't have rights here yeah. at home. Uh, um, uh-huh. Why should I go and find Vietnam? And maybe that's related to, uh, I think 1967 is when Martin Luther King came out against the war. Uh, Motown actually released the speech on LP and it would have been right. broadcast on radio. Yeah. Was that so the year that Ali got drafted also? 67? And then he said, and then he said he wasn't going to go for the exact same reason so, that yeah. you just mentioned. Um, yeah. right. And so that may have had like that may have had impact, but I, yeah. Uh, it, well, I, it, but also in general, as uh, opinion poll, opinion polls show that people were turning against the war. But right. at that point, it was sort of spreading. Even if they, uh, well, even if opinion polls show that they thought you know the government should carry on, they definitely showed a swing in people who thought that the war was a mistake. And by 1968, pretty much every mainstream presidential candidate on both sides, on both sides of the political spectrum, said they had a plan to end the war. Nixon was elected saying he had a plan to end the war. So it wasn't really unpatriotic anymore to say, I'm against the war. It was maybe 65, 66. It, it, it would have been considered maybe unpatriotic. Maybe that had an influence on blues and soul music where they are very much like, I'm going to do my GG if I get called, I have to go. I have to, I'm a law-abiding citizen. You get that a lot. Uh-huh. Do you have a special category of music of like people that don't understand irony? Like I'm thinking of like Reagan using Born in the USA um, as, a, <laughs> as a, like a... That's a really good idea. I don't have that. I mean, all those songs are included, uh, and I mentioned things like that, but that's, yeah, I should definitely do a special list for that. You could cross-index that, like this is malappropriated or, yeah. Uh. No, definitely. You mentioned... Um, and there's a great song to... I'm actually wearing a Springsteen t-shirt. Oh, uh, nice. That is a great song of uh, post-war representation of, um, you know, vets being back home and mistreatment of vets. Right. Um, fantastic song in it. There's many, many songs that people don't know that are of a similar theme, and that is like a very popular theme in the 80s. Yeah, and in film too. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, we've. we've yeah, in film, and actually, mm-hmm. films huge impact on people's perception of the war, way more than music, I think. And, and in 80s songs, so many 80s songs reference films. And, and themes like that. And actually, my POW list is amazing because from the 80s onwards, it is basically like listening to a Rambo film. 
Uh, we're going to rescue the POWs in Vietnam. I mean, we can do it. Uh, the government got the war for us. We would have won it. It is yeah. a total reflection. And I have this whole series of comic books, by the way, about um, that was released in the 80s called Man. And it's the exact same thing. There's like a crossover, a cultural crossover between film, comic, music. They, they have that similar theme when dealing with the POWs. Wow. Yeah. Um, and also, in, in my analysis of metal songs and punk songs, film is also heavily referenced, um, particularly like Apocalypse Now. Like, how many times do they reference Napalm in the Morning? Um, many songs. Hopefully, right. a lot to get us a lot of listens. Yeah. Um, Some accidental people click on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> During the war, there's not much in the way of film as we've you know, noted as we've been doing this podcast, um, kind of later in the seventies and then obviously into the eighties that you start getting many more. Um, and some of the music is a, almost like a character in the film, you know, like traffic's um, heavily nostalgia, um, coming home. Um, like God, the soundtrack to that movie is just amazing. It's got, you know, everything from that era. Um, uh, what, what do you think about the use of music, kind of in film and, and, and how I guess that affects the, the, the films that we're viewing or, or does the film influence, you mentioned film influencing music, but uh, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, a lot of soundtracks, they feature uh, popular songs of the day that might not, are not really being on, not, they're not like painted, painted black or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's great. You know, that creates like the atmosphere for the film. Uh, I don't, I would, it would be great if they used more Vietnam War songs. I mentioned Full Metal Jacket uses Hello Vietnam by, by Johnny Wright, which was the number one country here. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, you know, music um, can create a certain atmosphere and it can have a big impact in the film. Um, and I also like to see, um, you know, originally composed soundtracks for Vietnam films. It makes my life harder because I have to catalog every single one of those uh, tracks because they all count. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I haven't even put up a list of the soundtracks of Vietnam films. That's a whole other section that I've been working Yeah, I guess like whatever random Hans Zimmer score has to count. Or, yeah. Right, yeah, and since I started this in 2007, I've been aware of these records. I've got them up, up there. I haven't. The list is in private mode because it's like so it's a complicated list. It's going to take me... <laughs> Many more years to get it done. Well, if you if you want us to try to whip up some listeners into crowdsourcing some uh, help, you know, let's know. We could. Uh, <laughs> they should definitely go go to your site. So let's. I guess we're nerds, historians. We can geek it. Tell us a little bit about the historiography, sort of the uh, for listeners, the writing of history. Like how is how has uh, what is that like now? Has it has it changed over time? The the way that uh, does the does the um, Vietnam uh, war music have its own specific literature? Like, what, I guess, what is the state of the field of studies? Yeah, I mean, there's, um, well, there's plenty of articles about the impact of music on the movement, which I don't really get involved in in great detail in terms of, like, was was how much was the music played at, like, demonstrations right. at the time? Um, what actual impact did it have? Did it Difficult did to evaluate. It's difficult to evaluate. There are historians who work on that, and that's one area. Like listening, if you listen to Pete Seeger saying "Bring them home," did that uh, convince you to join the movement, or were the songs played at? Are there people that tried to, or even like maybe sociologists at the time that tried to analyze whether the yeah. effect that yeah. music had yeah. on soldiers at the you know in the, in that era were they doing that kind of research at the time? I believe there are schools and various journals that look at that and they look at things like radio play. How much was it played on like armed forces radio or so local yeah. radio stations like if you go through Billboard you can see that it gives you actually some detail of radio play. Uh, and there's more publications that look at that. I know people who focus on radio play. I don't get into that because I'm more looking by cataloging and looking at the lyrics so there's that aspect of the historiography um and then there's uh that aspect like me like analyzing the lyrics and there's a few articles and books out there but i tend to find that those vastly overlooked like how many songs there actually are i mean they are barely touching the surface and it is difficult in a book to be able to fit in that yeah uh, scale of songs 
but at the same time, when they're talking about, like, say, particularly like we were talking about soul music, I mean, I went through one chapter in a book and they referenced maybe 10 songs. And they were like, yeah, this is these songs uh-huh. by African Americans. No, this is not. There's hundreds, <laughs> hundreds in blues and soul. And it doesn't even right. scratch the surface. So um, uh, that's actually one of the reasons why I started this project because I saw there was like a massive gap in, in collecting and cataloging these, right. not just cataloging, but also collecting the original records as sources that need to be preserved. Um, so I collect them. My colleague Hugo Keating, uh, he collects the physical records. And so I think that's really important to keep those and get them into an archive. And um, so when I get the record, I digitize it, I scan it, catalog it, I put it online so it's available for everyone to see and hear. Um, and uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's another his- another theme in historiography. Um, you mentioned the the Vietnam perspective um, a little bit, but does that change over time um, from like Vietnamese songs? Um, like, like, like for example, yeah. do they have do they have songs like about the plight of the veterans or or things like that? Like, are, is that like, which is or triumphant uh, kicking ass? Yeah, like you know. Um... Yeah, um, there's um, there's an amazing book out called uh, Voice of Vietnam Radio, and uh, the author I can't read his name I can't remember, and I follow him on Twitter, but he he wrote a brilliant book. He, he actually went to Vietnam. He's been in the archives. He's He's dug out all that and goes through the whole history of how the music has changed. So there's a genre there. They they call it, they they get, they give them uh color they're color coded. So there's a genre that's called red music, and it was um, focused on really you know socialist uh, patriotic themes. And that yeah. is really the music that they released from during the First Indochina War. From 1945, and that continued until 1975. And then it does, as controls relax, as he discusses in his book, then the themes do change, and it's less of the socialist and, and communist ideology, and it's more about looking at the impact of the war. Um, so there's, there's a change over there as well. It's not my area of expertise, uh, but definitely check this book out, mm-hmm. Voice of Vietnam Radio. And so this is, what this is the reference is that in Vietnam, during the colonial period um, and during the first Indochina War and the Vietnam War, they, the the governments there they had set up this amazing radio system where they had public radio speakers everywhere, and that was like part of the culture where they would um, the radio station would broadcast music, they broadcast news, and in different languages, the different ethnic groups within Vietnam. It might be during the French period being French and in Vietnamese, and this would be broadcast across all the villages. And or people had personal radio, so this was like a major method of of, mm-hmm. of bringing information to people. Um, and th- th- on the system, they had um, house bands that uh, like uh, the Voice of Vietnam Ensemble or chorus or whatever. And um, so yeah, they would broadcast uh, across Vietnam. What what about and these were songs that everyone knew? Yeah. What what about in uh, South Vietnam? Um, I know that they later sixties into the seventies, they kind of much like Cambodia did, like kind of had like a growing sort of alt rock psychedelic yeah. sort of thing going. Uh, I, mean, um, I really struggled to track uh, significant records from that period that are about the war, but I see them pop up on eBay. I grab them when I can. And there's a language barrier for me because I don't speak Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely an area that I need to, do more research on, collect more records, just to make the project more complete, because I want to try and get as many perspectives as possible from all countries around the world. Yeah. I have a question about your, you know, your, I guess your focus of your research, you look at um, lyrics and, and content. Um, can you give us some broad brushstrokes of how you, can you, can you characterize sort of some evolution in that, in, in that, music and the lyrical content like are there are there uh kind of takeaways about um you know i guess we all we can also focus on individual songs but collectively is there what's the things are happening with zeitgeist how do you 
when you're when you're when you're your your thumbnail lecture, what is what do you what do you talk about in terms of the lyrical content and its change? I mean, it's definitely impacted by the contemporary uh, the period you're in, um, and in the war years, you know, it's really focused on um, specific like protest patriotism. It's like like almost what comes across as like a conflict between those two sides. And as discussed, you got the songs in between that are more like about like the the plight of the soldier or those back home. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, attacks on politicians. So it gets more political. During the actual war years, you got something like Nixon, LBJ, and particular events like reaction to the Kent State. You know, you have like yeah. you know, Crosby Sills, Nash and Young, Release Ohio, um, the Mulai Massacre ends up, we've got like 160 songs. So that, like, oh, yeah, I've got one right here. Uh, an impact. Here we go. You on banjo? Once upon a time, there was a little boy who wanted to grow up to be a soldier and serve his country in whatever way he could. He would parade around the house with a saucepan on his head for a helmet, a wooden sword in one hand, and the American flag in the other. As he grew up, he put away the things of a child, but he never let go of the flag. <laughs> never. Yeah. So that's uh, Battle Hymn of <laughs> Lieutenant Callie. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Um, Poor Lieutenant Kelly. Um, yeah, most, actually, most of the songs about Milai during the war years are per Kelly. Uh, but a few of them are anti-war songs, by the way, as well. They say, we're against the war. This war is terrible, but Charlie did what he had to Going do. Going after our boys, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, there's a few, you know, there's a few anti-war songs. But um, it's not really into the post-war period. Every, obviously, every song in the post-war period is anti-Cali. Like, this is a terrible massacre. But that really picks up in the 80s. And, and like I said, one, a song released just this year is about the Milan massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's during the war years. And then the post-war years, it's, you know, it depends on, there's like a bit of a lull. And I find like after 75, 73 even, it, there's like a major drop in the number of songs. And I think it kind of revives around... Late 70s, around the time you have like Full Metal Jacket Apocalypse now, that kind of wave of, of films. But there does seem to be like a revival of interest there. Um, and with the Iranian hostage crisis, you get a bunch of songs coming out related to that that I mentioned Vietnam. Um, and then the 80s, punk music, I guess, is kind of like the contemporary folk protest music of the day. That's where all the protest songs are coming and they're protesting against Reagan and interventionism, as we already discussed, and they're bringing in Vietnam as their reference point. Other themes, of course, are treatment, mistreatment of veterans, PTSD, frequently coming up, just like I'm sure as the films. Uh, reference to weapons like the, the long-term impact of Agent Orange, which becomes clear like in the 80s and 90s. So those are themes that you will start to find in, in that principal period. And as already mentioned, there's other conflicts kind of create like another wave of songs about Vietnam every time. Cautionary tales kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, like First Gulf War, once again, you get a bunch of stuff comes up about Vietnam. I can't um, end before I I hear like maybe maybe one, maybe, you know, a top three or whatever you want to do, Justin. Um, Favorite songs of yours? That relate to well, uh, you mentioned free to pay in one, which I really like. It's that's a, a good um, a good soul song. And then garage rock, I love garage rock. There's so many garage rock songs. I like uh, Midnight Suns have a song called Draft Time Blues, which is to the same tune as Summertime Blues, and uh, about being it's a good novelty song. I like it. There's also another novelty I love, which is um, which is also garage rock. It's called Let's Send Batman to Vietnam. Um, that one's by Caesar B. Thoria. It's a great song. Check it out. It's on YouTube. I put it up on YouTube. Uh, he's, the thing is, like, yeah, listen, LBJ, I've got the solution to your problems. Like, the war's not going well. This is at least in 67. Just send Batman. Um, and then country music. Um, Mel Haggard's definitely up there. I love Mel Haggard. Um, content, as we discussed, is not doesn't fit in with, with my personal beliefs, but I like the songs. I can't help it. No, Haggard. He's got a great voice. And yeah. uh, John Fine, uh, his, his theme song, Sounds yeah. Strange, great for country. Um, I love blues music as well. J.B. Lenore, he's amazing. Listen to his songs, uh, not just 
you've got two songs about Vietnam that really combine the issue of the war and civil rights. Uh, but definitely check out all his music because he's got amazing civil rights songs about Alabama, Mississippi, about what was going on there. Mm-hmm. Do you think I, I'm I'm trying to also think about maybe something that uh, just the perspective of the artists are the you know, we deal with students a lot who may or may not have traveled and the way that impacts the like it, it's kind of counterfactual history but hard to imagine like if if the war hadn't happened like the it's I'm not I'm not happy the war happened but it's our music would be kind of impoverished for the it's this it's this creative explosion of of touch yeah. points of like <laughs> Eric's coming out as pro Vietnam War. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I definitely think um, I've read quite a few books uh, about the connection between the anti-war movement and the civil rights movement, and how basically the anti-war protest movement it came out. It was heavily yeah. influenced by civil rights far yeah. before that in the fifties, mm-hmm. and that infrastructure was already in place, and that was in music as well. And like these blues right. singers I'm talking about, like Jamie. Actually, it's good to check out the blues list because it's very interesting for this topic because a lot of the songs that are releasing by Vietnam are actually rewritten. They often, they, these songs were actually, they wrote these songs before in the 50s and 40s sometimes about other wars or about other events and they've updated the lyrics. Uh, so some of them actually were originally written for Korea, some of them uh, for World War II, some of them civil rights and they updated the lyrics for Vietnam. Lazy. Um, yeah, lazy, but and they carried on into the eighties. I've got some of them. We wrote them about uh, inflation under Reagan on things like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think um, there was already a lot of protest music going on in the fifties, early sixties yeah. before Vietnam. Bill Orcs is like a great example because he was um, they had already released a bunch of protest records before Vietnam come a big topic. And then in 64, I think he had, yeah, he released a song and it's actually one of the earliest songs that really goes into detail about the, it's before the Gulf of Tonkin resolution, he goes into great detail about what's going on in Vietnam. Like his knowledge level shows like how involved he is in, in the movement because mainstream media is barely covering it. Um, so, he, you know, he's obviously right been to know that much. Into, yeah. yeah, to know that much, he's obviously deeply involved in the movement. So these protesting as people go as well is also already people involved in protest songs about civil rights, about ecology. He's like, he's right up there uh, looking at all types of issues. I watched a a, a documentary a few days ago about John Belushi and it was, it was talked about like his involvement in the, in the anti-war movement and how uh, became quite radical and kind of, it changed the, his, his, his whole performance, his, you know, his decision, he started, you know, of course, fam- infamously sort of parodying Woodstock people, but, 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 um, his, uh, that, that, that whole, um, for, for like many of the sort of the grandfathers of our field of Southeast Asian studies, like the Vietnam War was a huge event that, um, mm-hmm. you know, changed the field of study for all of the, or, or, right. and like those that there, there, there are, so I guess there are other ripples of that, like, Belushi talking about like like being in blues bars and hearing um, you know black musicians uh, sing about yep. civil rights in the war and like actually mm. you know it was interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it had a huge impact um, both in contemporary period music and like you said before about how it came at that time. The technology had changed a lot, so right. it was uh, yeah. A lot of the rec- rare records I have are actually the private labels that send you an individual who had like a, a local musician who had an opinion about the war. Yes. They went out and recorded it. Um, and then there's also song poems, which is a particular strange novel, weird genre. This is um, basically companies that uh, have stay in a studio, they have a house band, they put an advert in like a comic or a newspaper and they say, Send me your poems. What they meant by poems was lyrics. They thought that people didn't know what the word lyric meant, so they called them song poems. It said song lyrics. So they said, send me your song poem. And just people writing at home could write a little poem. They sent it in with $100, and then they actually sent back like 100 records. 
and there's hundreds of them about Vietnam, about other political issues, about politicians, about civil rights. Uh, these are really interesting because they're not professional songwriters, they're not professional artists. Mm-hmm. They're yes. literally someone sitting at home. He's got a little bit of disposable income who wants to record their thoughts. The other thing is, well, there's tens of thousands of them, but two-thirds of the ones that we've got, it tells you who the songwriter is, and two-thirds of them are written by women. Also interesting. And did did you find anything out about the music industry that you didn't know in terms of like their willingness to um to back a anti-war song or a like were the like what or were they following the market wherever it went or did you learn anything about yeah i i think they were following the market i mean there's a myth that i i thought that i read somewhere that motown didn't want anything political they stopped like tried to block marvin Gaye releasing like his political material and that's like completely not true. They released political material all the way through, but they did actually have a bunch of sub labels and they released most of them on the sub labels. But oh. uh, they they definitely if there is you know, if there's a market there they will yeah. they will sell it at, put put it out there. Mention Edward Edwin Starr released his song War. It was huge, made it made a huge impact. It was actually released the year before by the Temptations, I think, on as on one of the LPs that they never released it as a single. So he, he took it on, became a big hit. It was such a big hit, like three months later, he released another anti-war song that is like so similar called Stop the War. There's like a few, just a tiny little... If it wasn't, if I wasn't clear the, before, the Stop the War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. he does that and it doesn't sell as well, but it still sells loads of records. I mean, he sold sells like millions. It was obviously worth it financially. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I always think like, okay, to what extent are we just playing to the crowd here, trying yeah. to make money? Which is why I love song poems because those people are not trying to make money, right? And so many female voices that you know, yeah, yeah. Yes. Is there yeah, a? Then, um, uh, so, sorry, is there? Um, do you have a white whale? Like, I know this thing was recorded. I'm. I know this song exists. I just can't find the freaking forty-five anywhere. Like. Do you have like one specific <laughs> one? Too many. Too many. There's a lot. It's it's really frustrating. But like just for the listener, Justin's voice, really Justin's face is pained. He's he can yeah. tell he's. <laughs> <laughs> there's one popped up this week on eBay. I was so excited. I've been looking for it since 2007. It's just a random country song. It probably doesn't say anything interesting. <laughs> Maybe it does. I don't know. Uh, it's got Vietnam in the title. I need it. <laughs> right. Came up. I was really worried, like, everyone was going to bid for it. So usually I just put in a little bid. I put in a smut. I was so wide. I went, like, so high. No one bid. I got it for $7, I think. Well done. No, no, no. <laughs> ha, ha, but for a long time, for a long time was that I let's send Batman to Vietnam. Because um, I'd heard that it existed. I'd read about it. But when and when I got it, I was so happy because it was such a great song as well. It's like <laughs> a great tune. I mean, it's just perfect. That's worthy of a, your tombstone. Like I brought ten Batman to Vietnam. Which to Batman? The public. Is this yeah. Michael Keaton, uh, Val Kilmer, Adam West. Which one are we going with here? It's got to be Adam, right? Yeah, right. And uh, doing research on that, I saw like people actually wore their pins, like buttons. I said, "Let's send Batman to Vietnam." If you Google it, it shows up. Like you can buy oh, wow. the original pins. Oh, that's cool. That was obviously a thing. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> wow, Eric, I didn't get what. Do you have a, f- a favorite Vietnam War song? Yeah, it's hard to. I mean, CCR is one of my favorite bands, um, and so it's hard. It, it's you know, it's pretty cliche, but uh, again, fortunate son. It's such a it's such a great song. It's such a screaming the guy was a genius songwriter. Yeah, I mean, right? It's like, uh, and 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 he had actually, you know, been in the shit. Like, I I think that I don't know why that, but that seems to like mean more to me. Like, it's it's not just a, like I can say there's something behind that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to go wrong, and um, yeah, I guess. And then and then and then I already mentioned the the some of the like I. The kind of casual ones like Ruby, um, uh, you know, the Kenny Rogers fame, the, the kind mm-hmm. of how how the uh, that is tied up into sort of social problems and of, of the of the disabled vet or whatever those are. Interesting. Yeah. What's yours, Matt? 
Yeah, really hard. Um, Ohio? Uh, I mean, Ohio was fantastic. Um, and he just, um, on his archives last year, Neil Young um, released a Vietnam War song that he wrote, recorded in 1972, never released at the time. He rewrote the lyrics and released it in 1987. And it's about like Beirut and stuff like that. So maybe Justin, you could use that for your, maybe it's on there already. Long Walk Home was what it was released at 1987. And then he he released for the first time the song he recorded initially in 1972 called Letter from Nam. Um, That's really good. but it's maybe just because a good guitar freak out always makes me smile. Maybe Machine Gun, Jimi Hendrix. Um, it doesn't say the word Vietnam in it, but yeah, it's about. I think that counts, and, um, Justin. That counts for your list. I think. And today, there was a song artist. I can't remember, but if you look on my Kent State list, he combines Machine Gun with Ohio. It's like a oh. it one song. Oh, that's a, It's really good. That's worth checking out. Wow. Yeah. But a higher machine. <laughs> it's good. Hendrix has a couple. Yeah. He has some okay stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, a couple about Vietnam. But yeah, he has yeah. Yeah, a few other I mean, good, a few other good like songs, that. too. Um, very good. Um, should we go to our next segment? Yeah, let's do our uh, book, book of the week. <laughs> okay, book of the week. Uh, Justin, once again, those are my children. Um I believe you, you pressed have... Pressed into service. Yeah, and now you're pressed into service. Uh, do you have uh, a book you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, it's a book I read about a year ago. It's called um, Pulp Vietnam by Gregory Baddis. Um, and it's about, well, the subtitle is War and Gender in Cold War Men's Adventure Magazines. Uh, I love oh. this book because it's um, also looking at culture and there's certain things that I recognize, like in looks at the magazines from the war period by the 60s and the type of themes are coming out in songs and film mm-hmm. and then in the 80s it's also the same themes that you find in films and and in music um so yeah it's an analysis of what you get in those uh, magazines from the whole period that's up interesting to pulp vietnam oh, and it has great pictures by the way great color okay. images check it out how about you matt you got anything separate i don't well, I'll, I'll, I'll check out, uh, you also check out uh, um, Justin's website. So, so say, say it again, and also for, we can put it on our show notes, but for um, any other places yeah. they should be looking. Um, really, you can just Google Vietnam War Song Project. There's different components to it. It'll bring them all up. So there's my website, and it'll take you to the main page. And on there, there's a link to all the different lists so you can look up by genre, by theme, as discussed. And then you, what will also come up is YouTube. There's a YouTube channel. I put the songs up there. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's great. And on the, on YouTube, they actually split into playlists by theme as well. Um, and if you're interested in other political topics, there's a link there. It says post-war American songs. That's another YouTube channel. And on there, you can listen to songs about Richard Nixon, LBJ, George oh Wallace, Iranian hostage crisis, First Gulf War, Energy crisis in the seventies. <laughs> Ted Kennedy, literally civil rights. Chappaquiddick. There's got to be a country Chappaquiddick. Nineteen forty-five to nineteen ninety. I've got women's liberation, as they called it then. Nice. Uh, it's all that all the time. Oh God, so many, so much stuff. What's your uh, Twitter? Uh, it's uh, been on more songs. Okay, so if that that and website still on, exists, uh, same thing on check that uh, out. Instagram. Yeah, okay. Vietnam. Vietnam War songs on Twitter. Sucks. Okay, great. Yeah, it's it's there's so much stuff. If you want to just like kind of get lost, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I've, excited as some I've of these. Jag, like, I don't think I know enough about the soul music. I haven't listened to near enough blues stuff about. Yeah, I'm gonna totally do do some deep diving and. Um, yeah, uh, how about how about s- no no ska? I'm trying to think of like the, ska seems a Vietnam huh? proof as a genre. I mean, I've got, there's a list, I've got a list of Caribbean influence and Latin American genres. Yeah, and I saw, there, yeah, sorry. I guess actual reggae. Got yeah. reggae, got calypso, got all genres. Every genre is covered. Nice. It's a wealth of info, folks. <laughs> um, yeah, fantastic. All right, hit up your playlist and uh, go go support Jess. Check out his website and um, 
an archive. And uh, yeah, we want to thank you so much for uh, for joining us, Justin. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's been great chatting all things uh, Vietnam music and films. Yeah, thanks again. Well, thank you. Uh, hit us up at Napalm Podcast on the Twitter as well. Um, and that's the only plug I have. Okay, until next time, stay tuned, folks. We'll see you again. Later. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Did you first I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Good morning, Vietnam! You let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film.